as far as we know yes and yeah how are you doing tonight sir um you know it's 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 a journey for me all the days <laughs> that i don't have my my son it's uh you know we're we're surfing right on the edge of a little crazy being stuck in the house but um had another uh happy hour with uh, some work friends and well and one grad school friend joining us as well and uh nice that is definitely helpful yeah we did we put our son down and had a long video call video chat with a couple we were really good friends with down in houston when Mm -hmm. we were living down there and we stay in touch with them by phone from time to time but it's something we should do more often anyways just do more of a video call with them and we probably Chatted with them for like an hour, got caught up in how they're doing uh, down in Houston. So, yeah, it's trying to stay connected, which we talked a little bit about last time. We did. And I I hope that's one of the silver linings of all this is people getting used to better connecting through. Like, we've had this ability to video chat, and I feel like I very rarely use it. So, So, yeah, we were talking staying connected. and I hope that people will sort of learn to use, including myself, learn to use video chats of various kinds more, which is a good segue to making fun of you because your your house party app not only exists. But has that name. Is literally named house party. See, and, I, I had a great idea. And you're sending Zoom the suggestion without just Googling, is there a house party app? Hey. Now, I, that being said, I also didn't Google it. I just happened to see an interchange where one famous DJ producer was trying to stay connected with the people. And he asked, you know, what people were using to like video chat and another. So one is Eric Prids for our listeners and the other is Elon Bluestone responded and said, there's this house party app where, you know, blah, blah, blah. And boom, there it was. Lo and behold. So uh, I think it's our duty now to download and attempt to use House Party and bring a review to our listeners about if that's a good way to, to connect. We we should. Of course, all of our listeners are people that we would call. Them, but, right. But, you know. They'll be on truck testing it with us. <laughs> well, you but were also posting, speaking about all your musical peeps that you you posted a bunch of links on Twitter about different live shows and things going on. You put a shout right. out to The Current, which is a local radio station that that catalogs that information, I think, for people. So that's a good resource if people are looking for stuff to do. Yeah, and I'll, I'll keep posting those to my Twitter as I think about it each day. The Current has a fuller list, so like... I personally didn't want to tune in to Miley Cyrus, but that was a thing you could have done today that I did not highlight in my – I'm I'm curating accord, according to my own musical taste, but people can also find that list of The Current. I'm sure there's other places, too, that are keeping track of it. I do highly recommend her cover of Jolene. It's pretty quality. <sighs> there's a good White Stripes cover of that, too. Um, and, you know, Wrecking Ball is a – it's a great song. I, I'll I'll die on a hill for Wrecking Ball, but uh, Ride and Die with Party in the USA too. But oh my no no. The climb, come on, we're, <laughs> we're we can go through the catalog. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I the the current is heavy on sort of indie and sort of like more like adult contemporary, if you will. Um, so I'll try to also pull some stuff from other places like. Uh, Probably as we speak, um, although it might be done by now, there's a DJ set by Gabriel Dresden that I was hoping to tune in for that I hope I can catch a you know a replay of 
poolside somewhere lamenting the loss of uh, Miami Music Week this week for electronic music fans. So I'll keep putting them up there in case anybody's uh, interested. Nice. Yeah, I've been trying to keep up with a couple episodes ago I talked about this year trying to listen to more new music to me, just trying mm-hmm. to find artists that I'm not too familiar with that have come out fairly recently, whether 2019 or 2020 with albums. I've been trying to listen to those, which have been sidetracked by all the health crisis going on and yeah. have not been in a routine, but have you know, found to me new artists. And one of them is somebody you made fun of me about because apparently they're very well known, but I've been like, Oh wow. I just, Kind of similar to the house party idea where it's like, hey, someone should do this. And you're like, uh, yeah, it exists. Uh, so through Spotify, I was listening to different artists. And mm-hmm. so the first one that started this um, train of thought on my end, if I can pull up my list here, was uh, this artist by the name of Soccer Mommy. Yeah, yeah, and and real quickly, we're gonna put a pen in this because I need to tell you that the the train that I went down or the <laughs> the oh, well, <laughs> this is gonna be good for me. <laughs> no, 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 it's it's actually great. But I'm sorry, go ahead, soccer mommy. Yes, so I listened to that. Yeah, I was like, oh, I really like that album. That was cool. And then there mm-hmm. was like similar artists, which is an easy way to just you know kind of stay in the same vibe. Right. This artist by the name of Snail Mail. Mm-hmm. Familiar? Mm-hmm. Yes, no. I don't think I know Snail Mail. So that was a good album. And then from mm-hmm. there went to the bizarrely titled Better Oblivion Community Center, which <laughs> of the three albums really struck me as like, oh, wow, this is really interesting and intriguing. I like this. And yeah, I mentioned that I think I had posted on Twitter and you're like, uh, yeah, dude, they're very well known. <laughs> There's, well, it's not so much that that project is so well known as much as that it's too well one really well known person and another you know up and coming person so one is uh connor oberst who uh went under the name or i guess technically there's a band bright eyes for years and years that i don't know how what you would call bright eyes originally it was kind of like almost emo i don't know if they really considered that in that category and then he had a big change uh, in the early 2000s where he suddenly went very Americana, which is kind of where I picked him up. He put out an album that Pitchfork loved and I bought and really liked. And uh, yeah, uh, indie music fans are, are <laughs> so you, highly familiar. You with, sent me like a tweet for you, a tweet storm of like two tweets in a row. It just like, kind of explained what I just said. Right. And also there's because it's a it's a male and female, I believe. Yeah, so Phoebe Bridgers is the other half of... So you explain this to me, and I just write back, (laughs) I'm sure those words in that order make sense to some people. (laughs) And you're just shaking your head at me. Uh, Well, you can come see Phoebe with us uh, this summer at Surly Field if any of these types of events get to happen this summer. If the world is not isolating at that point, that sounds like a great time. Right, and she's opening up for the National, which is a good one for you to check out if you have not already. So I'm still trying to do that with with the music, and mm-hmm. I don't know how that's going to work out here because uh, starting tomorrow, well, the 24th for me, whenever you happen to be listening to this, right. I'm going to be starting working from home part-time with, with my job, doing a lot of telephone calls with mm-hmm. patients instead of seeing them in person since they're shutting down any non-essential, non-emergent face-to-face visit at the hospital. Right. So I'll be doing a lot of online stuff and kind of balancing that with other things. And I don't think I'll have large fragments of time to just devote to music unless it's in the evening when I'm exercising or something. I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, I'm working from home right now and I have a lot of time for music uh, right now. You also but. don't have a three-year-old Hugo running around. <laughs> <laughs> Solid point. I mean, Hugo, Hugo can't turn off the music, though. It can still be on. You're maybe not You're maybe not uh, the most focused listener. At yeah, I think part of the listening to the new music is trying to be mindful about it. Yeah. Which, you know, it's not 100% with everything I've listened to. But the Better Oblivion 
Community Center, which is a mouthful. Mm-hmm. That's an album that I listened to, and then I made a point to listen to it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really interesting. So, yeah, recommend that for folks out there. <laughs> so uh, this this is where I went. Yeah, what, what, flashback to about five minutes ago when you were chuckling. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I hope I'm not breaking news for anyone here, but uh, Kenny Rogers left us over the weekend. Yes. And uh, not a huge Kenny Rogers music fan personally. Um, You've seen Six Pack many, many times. Yes, I have. Because of anyone our age, there was a point in time that that was basically on like uh, five times a day on HBO. Mm -hmm. So if you or someone you knew had HBO, Six Pack was on a lot. Um, So and, you know, I have a uh, well, all of my relatives are basically from the South and I can definitely remember that, you know, Kenny Rogers and the gambler and the gambler TV shows, TV movies, miniseries, whatever they were, were like a big deal to a lot of people in my family. Like he lives in Georgia. I've run into him at the airport before flying back and forth from Atlanta. Like he's just sort of interwoven and and in my life cultural staple correct yeah uh i still laugh about uh one of my friends and a a roommate for a a little while story in college whenever she would uh get asked that you know icebreaker question of like what's one thing people don't know about you her answer was inevitably i know all the lyrics to the gambler So anyway, just kind of a part of my life. And for some reason, it just sort of got me thinking about that era of like early 80s sort of country, but also crossing over to pop. Like there was Islands in the Stream with Dolly Parton and blah, blah, blah. So this was the uh, uh, little rabbit hole that I went down on Spotify, which is I started, I was listening to a little bit of Kenny Rogers because I couldn't find six pack anywhere to, to pay tribute. And then I don't know exactly why. I think maybe somebody actually tweeted something um, about or, or using a, the, one of these songs, but I started listening to uh, Queen of Hearts by, uh, oh shoot. I know exactly what song you're talking about. Right. Uh, My brain is doing the thing where I can't access names. So suddenly I just got in my head, like, because, you know, I listened to that song a lot when I was, you know, probably like six or seven. I was like, oh, like, you know, is, help me out here. I can see you're looking it up. Juice Newton? Yes, thank you, Juice Newton. So I was like, oh, man, Juice Newton was super... Just to give people a little taste. Yeah. So, Kenny, it hurts my ears. <laughs> uh, anyway, I suddenly got in my head, like, maybe Juice Newton was this super underrated artist. And so I started to listen to Juice Newton. Oh, did you do a deep dive? Quickly decided not that underrated, although I enjoy, you know, some of the hits. Uh and then that got me thinking because I'm pretty sure that uh, for Queen of Hearts or one of her other hits that Eddie Rabbit was one of the co-writers on it. And so then we went on to Eddie Rabbit and I was listening to the full Eddie Rabbit catalog, which is a lot more delightful, to be, to be honest with you. That's that's some solid stuff. So what are and, some Eddie Rabbit tunes? You don't know who Eddie Rabbit is? Uh, I Love a Rainy Night. Oh, sure. Or uh, gonna what's that song called? Every Which Way But Loose. Every Which Way But Loose, uh, which I assume is from the soundtrack for that movie. Driving My Life Away. Yes, Driving My Life Away was the was the other big one I was I was trying to come up with. So uh, thoroughly enjoyed me some Eddie Rabbit, but that was the <laughs> the rabbit hole I went down was was 80s sort of crossover country That dude music. had a head of hair. Look that Yeah, man. he looks like he would be in a Yacht Rock band. It is sure. magnificent. If you showed you know anybody that picture and said this is a member of 10CC, you would buy that 100%. <laughs> so so that's that's where I went for my highbrow listening over the weekend. It really is an embarrassment of riches of just being able to do that type of stream of consciousness 
musical research at your fingertips. Yeah, I mean, if if you take the time to do it, I think a lot of times, you know, there's almost that paralysis, like where there's just too many options and you can't think of what you want. But if you, you know, if you get a hankering for something and start deep diving or doing what you did of like listening to one artist that you really enjoy and then looking what the recommendations are based upon that. And, you know, it's, it can be really fun and you can find really cool stuff that you had no idea existed. It's, well, this is a good, this is a good segue to something that, that you might want to talk about, but it's fun getting recommendations from different people. Mm-hmm. So you've, you've clued me into a few different things to listen to. And then I've got recommendations from other people that definitely have musical tastes that are different genres. Right. Like our friend, Matt, who, <laughs> cause, and I'm circling around cause you were inspired a couple weeks ago to create a pretty playlist. Like that was your starting point. Like, yep. Send me songs that you think are pretty, which I failed. I sent you a couple. You're like, yeah, it's not really. It's a good song, but not really the vibe I'm looking for. It's not that you failed because it's a it's a it's a vague term. It's going to mean different things to different people. Well, my default is like thinking of female artists, things that are slow and you know instrumental. Um, so I was trying to think of well, what's the prettiest Pearl Jam song? Which to me was probably Parachutes, mm-hmm. which didn't really make make the cut. Um, but like Matt has suggested some other things and he's, I forget what he suggested for your list, but he's, uh, actually, I think he had a good suggestion. I think he was one of the, or well, one of our friends suggested Skyway, the, uh, replacement song, which I did put on the list and that might've been him, but he's uh, like heavy rock and some other kinds of metal stuff, which I've listened to. And it's, it's obviously very different from what I would normally I mean, these days, I mean, back in the day, I listened to some stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but it, he's tapped into different music. Well, Matt, I'm is, just not is, aware of. He's very a he loves him some like gloom metal, yeah. like chuggy, slow Black Sabbath inspired. But, you know, new artists. Well, and our, our metal kind of friend robot Viking on Twitter, who's in a doom rock band and mm-hmm. uh, shout out to Space Lord. Uh, he's suggested some other things too, kind of in that same genre, yeah. which I've appreciated. And, and, and Matthew is also a huge supporter of local music, like of in a band all kinds. Itself. Yeah. And, uh, but of all kinds of genres when it comes to local music, he's probably, you know, he's probably right up there with, with AA Ron and, and, uh, my friend Kitty for going to shows. It's just that he goes to a ton of local music instead of like, you know, national artists coming through. So. so how did the pretty playlist work out for you? Uh, I mean, you know, we're, I'm still growing it, but, um, it, so what happened was, is I pulled out an old, well, sort of old record. There's a, uh, blind boys of Alabama record, which, uh, is a gospel group that goes back to probably at least, the fifties, if not before. So these are, um, African, African American blind men that formed a gospel group. And it's something that my grandfather liked. In fact, only like purchased music. I ever remember seeing of his, like in his truck would be like a couple of cassettes and they were pretty much all that he had. Uh, which is interesting, given that he was probably a little bit racist also, but he really liked them and uh, makes me think of him. And in the 2000s somewhere, uh, Bon Iver, uh, Justin Vernon did a, a record with them where he produced it. He played on it. He sings on some of them, but they had a lot of guest vocalists as well. And I really, really like the record. And there's a particular song on that record that I just think is really, really, really pretty. And it just got me thinking that I just kind of wanted a playlist of like all the songs that sort of have that feeling for me. And so I started putting it together and, you know, wasn't getting that far. And so then I just threw it out on, you know, Facebook because I've got a lot of friends that like music and I knew I would get a lot of suggestions, some of which were like things that I had, you know, forgotten about that I would really want to put on it and some things that I hadn't heard that maybe I'd want to put on it. And so I've just been growing it. I'll, I'll 
share it to, to Twitter uh, in case anyone is interested. And I think I my love- first recommendation was a monkey song. <laughs> Which I, I think I think it was I Daydream remember. Believer. So there's a, a monkey song that I thought about putting on it, but I'm, I'm not sure that I did so far. And I'm blanking on the, the title of it right now. But um, you weren't too far off on that one. Daydream Believer probably for other people would make it. It's just, This one is just very much me. Like it, there's very much a – Well, a Daydream know. Believer I think is just maybe a bit too poppy. Again, I think it's very subjective. And so, like, when people see the list, like, it's very much through the lens of, like, songs that I like. Like, there are probably, like, 30 songs that anybody else would be like, well, duh, this should be on here. But, you know, it's it's the things that I really like and, and think are pretty. That Yeah, that would be good to share. Yeah, I will definitely do that. And I appreciate more suggestions. There were definitely ones that... Um, other people threw out there that ended up making the list, and um, I'd like to keep growing it over time. But it sounds like it's different genres of music. It's not one. Yeah, it can be anything. Like I put, uh, I put a song. Well, it's actually it's a remix of a song called Ghost Voices. So it's uh, you know an electronic song that, but you know, much more mellow remix by another artist that's on there. But I do think it's really pretty. Um, it definitely skews towards my kind of music so there's a lot of like indie artists and whatnot of throughout you know like i already said the replacements on there there's a bjork song on there there's of course some cigarros on there um so people should can check it out and let me know uh what else they think should should be on it nice well this is segue one thing that is not pretty is god of war <laughs> <laughs> oh no here we go <laughs> Now, one of the things I was chatting with you about, because I wanted to get your, your feedback on this mm-hmm. uh, to shift gears, is I, and especially with this coronavirus thing going on and maybe having more time on my hands, trying to find a way to unwind, relax. In the past, for me, it's been video games. Mm-hmm. It's just, with my son and everything, been harder to really commit to a game. So last year, I tried to get into the game Outer Worlds, which yep. is sort of like Fallout. and Yeah, I played it some, and I was enjoying it. And then as I typically do, I, you know, things got busy, and I lost the thread and haven't gone back. Yeah, and it's going to be, I think, part of a theme where I'm, I'm sort of hard to please with video games these days. <laughs> like, even with Outer Worlds, it's like there's a lot of inventory management stuff going on. Yep. There's a lot of talking to non-playable characters, so NPCs, mm-hmm. and the way you interact with them is it just zooms up close to their face and the graphics aren't that great. So it's a little like, uh, okay, I guess I got to look at these screens for a while. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a game that's a little rough around the edges and I sort of enjoyed it. <laughs> so I'm just imagining your re- review of Outer Worlds of like needs more hot chicks. No, it's not <laughs> These even that. People are hard to look at. But no, I'm I'm spoiled from a game that's many years old now. I yeah, think, I'm just I'm just kidding. No, but like Mass Effect, which is very similar type of style of game, but when you yeah. were talking to people, they moved around a little bit. It had more of a cinematic quality to it. Yeah, it's not just this straight on like Skyrim. Okay, here's this crudely animated character that you get to interact with, and it's very stiff. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's 2020. Like I don't know. If, I feel like we're beyond that sort of thing. But the game's kind of clever and whatnot. But I just it was one of those things where I got distracted, put it down. Mm-hmm. And so you were like, it's you know sort of apocalyptic right now i need to unwind well this was this was last year i should play something like dark souls no well so i i've liked the god of war games in the past and one of the reasons (laughs) i wanted to play it is well this will probably be a shorter experience it's more Mm -hmm. of like a linear game Mm -hmm. uh the past games i've played have been kind of fun it's very combo combat oriented uh let's have some frustrating boss fights yeah but just like something linear that i could just kind of do cleanse mm-hmm. the palette, play, and be done with it. Gotcha. And so one of the selling points, I think, for the new God of War is it's all one take. 
So there's no cutscenes, so to speak. You never move away from what's actually happening in the game. So if you open a door, then your character like opens the door and walks in and like into a new scene. And if you go into a new area, there's no loading screens, at least right. that you're aware of. So that was kind of an interesting gimmick at first. And it was right around the time that I started playing that is when we went to see 1917. Mm-hmm. So it was like, is everybody doing this now? Where it's just one continuous take. Um, and Kratos has a son, which is not really explained much, but he tags along and there's, I mean, I'll give away spoilers. Uh, so if you haven't played the game and want to, I guess, you know, we'll see you next episode. <laughs> <laughs> you're uh, probably not missing much. You're probably not missing much. I, mean, I don't think there's really much to spoil because in the end, there's not really much that you do. Like your whole, I think from the start of the game, your purpose is Kratos' wife has died. Mm-hmm. And you and your son have to climb up to the top of some mountain, the highest mountain in the realms or whatever, to go sprinkle her ashes. And then as you're sort of getting ready to do that, or maybe his wife dies while he's attacked at this point, I forget. But anyway, <laughs> You're really selling it. I know, I'm really selling it. He gets attacked by some other godlike figure, and this battle ensues, and then you have to basically do a bunch of fetch quests to get to where you need to actually dump the ashes, and there's all these roadblocks in the way. So the gameplay's interesting. Like, you don't have his chains that you've used in the other games, the Blades of Chaos, mm-hmm. the things that, like, swing around. and Instead, you have an axe, which is pretty simple at first. That You have, like, two different buttons that do different attacks, a light attack and a heavy attack. And over time, as you gain experience and these other materials that you have to upgrade your axe, you, it, like, does more stuff. Okay. And you so- so it sounds like it was what you wanted. Where was the problem? Starting off, yeah, it's like, okay, this is kind of interesting. This is this is enjoyable. Uh, graphics are fantastic. You know, voice acting solid. The whole interaction with his son is kind of interesting. Um, so you go through the game, and from time to time, there's these puzzles, which none of them are, like, straining your brain too hard, but there's quite a few of them that they take time. To just figure out, what do I need to do here? Okay. And then there's these other segments of boards or levels or areas where it just becomes clear, like, I I don't have what I need to do this yet. Like, this, whatever I do here, it doesn't seem I can't figure it out. But there's no message that really pops up other than from time to time this little lock icon will show up, which sort of gives you the information of, you can't do this now. Uh-huh. So it's like, okay, so you get to this big lake uh, where you're you're rowing. <laughs> so you're rowing with your son, and you there's these different areas you can get off the boat and explore. And again, there's like some of these areas you can explore and find stuff. You're gathering resources and treasure. There's other areas that they're blocked off, but there's really no specific feedback that you get that you can't do those things yet. Mm -hmm. And eventually you go back to the story part of the game. And the story part at this point just becomes a little bit disjointed and fragmented because you feel like you have to go and search for all the other stuff that you couldn't get to before. Mm -hmm. So from time to time you unlock, like, okay, here's a new ability your axe does, so now you can clear these certain areas or eventually you get the blades of chaos and that opens up some areas or eventually you get some other type of resource that allows you to clear different areas. But you, so you have to backtrack where you were before and unless you keep like a really great mental map of everything, Uh you don't know where things were and the mini map Uh in the game's menu is not all that helpful. Mm-hmm. So you end up just rowing around a lot of the time and backtracking and trying to clear things all over again and visiting the same kind of inlet for the seventh time. And maybe I'm just a bad video game player, <laughs> but I just felt like this is this is not a respectful way to treat a player's time. Like <laughs> I want the, like this is not why I wanted to play this game. 
And eventually I got to the point where I was like tired of chasing, like kill these different Valkyries or do this or that. And I just finally went to finish the game and finish the game. They climb up to the top of the mountain, they release the ashes and then they walk back down and the credits roll. And it's like, okay, now you can explore and do whatever you want to do. It's like, well, that's what the whole game was that. It doesn't seem like much of a reward to me. Um, so I was disappointed. I'm sorry to hear that. I've, I've, I've spent the last few minutes trying to get long book dong saying big lake. <laughs> Everyone else probably tuned out as well. Uh, <laughs> but no, it was frustrating because I think this game was like rated really high. And I, I feel like it tried to do too much. And it seems like every game is trying to be this big open world experience that has all these collectibles and, Mm -hmm. Is like, you know, you can play it for 60 hours and that's not what I was looking for with this game. And I don't know how many hours I played it, but over the course of a month and a half or so, it was too long. Like it just, it was too, and I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even finish half the stuff that you can do in it. And I right. took a long time to try to clear all these areas yeah, and solve these puzzles and open up these chests so I could gear up my guy. And you really don't need to do any of that. Because for the most part, the toughest battles that you have to face in that game are completely optional. Like You could go straight through the storyline of the game, probably, and maybe I should have just done that. But it's not clear exactly what you're going to need to go further. Like, I mean, it's, hold it my hand like, is what I want the game to do. Right. It sounds like, A, you should have just done that because it seems like that's what you wanted in the game. And B, you know, welcome to being an old person playing video games. Oh, my goodness. It's, <laughs> well, and I have I sort of have these high standard games in my past that like if you're going to be a game where combat is a key thing, then your combat should function like the Arkham Asylum games. Okay. Batman, which is what Spider-Man basically did. It just replicated what the Batman Arkham games did. It's the, mm -hmm. I mean, it's the same game. It's just Spider-Man. They, they did a wonderful job of making it Spider-Man. And like, that was a fun game, but even that at the end got a little too long. It's like, all right, <laughs> like, let's wrap it up. I mean, it, if, let's wrap it, it feels like what you kind of want is like your 1980s, 90s game. That's very linear and has like 12 to 15 hours of playtime. I don't know if they make those games anymore. Well, I don't think they do because if you pay sixty plus dollars for a game and that's all you get, people like most people are are pissed because they feel like, you know, compared to the amount of value you get out of that versus like an Elder Scrolls game is not comparable and that, that should be like a fifteen dollar indie game, which, you know, is not possible if you want to have the level of um you know, just like the production values of a God of War game. Like if you're going to put that into it, that's a huge team and uh, they've got to deliver a little bit more of an experience for gamers to justify the cost. But I kind of feel like if they would have cut out or even if they were a little bit more forward about like if you start and later on in the game, you actually get this. <laughs> If it had a menu that's like totally optional side quest. Well, no, here. but you do. You, you have this, uh, and I forget his name, uh, this head that you carry around, this like enchanted head. Yes. And he'll give you some tips from time to time. Or even your son will say like, hey, look at there. They're, like They'll give you hints if you're mm -hmm. standing in one place too long. Yep. And you wanted the head to be like, you don't have to do this if you're in a hurry it's to like, finish this game. <laughs> I don't think you can get past that, brother. Like, he will give you like those types of hints. <laughs> but then once you can, you realize like, oh, now I have this weapon, and this weapon will clear these branches that before I couldn't get through. So I could go back and open chests and access other areas. There's yeah. this need inside me to be like, oh, well, I should go back and do all that stuff. But it's uh -huh. like, I don't remember where all that stuff is, and there's no way to find it on the map except, well, I just got to roll around this damn lake, and every <laughs> every Big. dock I can get out, I have to go explore <laughs> around and be like, oh, right, that's – okay, now I can get there. <laughs> Seriously, there's just so much rowing. 
It's unbelievable how much more rowing there is. Mike's review of God of War. So much rowing. It's God of rowing is what it is. No wonder his arms are so jacked. He's rowing that boat for hours and hours. Uh, But there's another game that someone recommended on the Switch, Octopath Traveler, which is Final Fantasy Junior RPG homage mm -hmm. that has a really interesting story. Wait, wait. What's a junior RPG? Where the graphics are all like Final Fantasy, like back in the day. I thought that was a Japanese RPG. Is that what the J stands for? That's Think, think, We're keeping think, it in. Things Mike was today years old. When today he learned... years old. When I learned it was not junior RPG. I thought it was because of the graphics. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. We just found the title of this. We're keep, keeping it. I thought it was going to be God of Rowing, but no, I think it's better. Um, oh, man. I don't, uh, I don't you... even feel bad. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. I feel educated. Maybe I knew that at some point. But again, I'm old. Pretty funny. There was a time. Never mind. I'm not telling that story. It's it's not appropriate for this podcast. So I played it and I realized, okay, this will be a grindy type of thing. And my original plan is like, well, I'll play this on the treadmill. This is like over a year ago. Yeah. So I played on the treadmill. And like, I remember I used to do that with an old Final Fantasy game where I'd be on the treadmill and just you do those random encounters and. Mm-hmm. battle and you level up and it's just the way that you get to the point where you're stronger to go forward in the game run into a cactar and get your butt kicked yeah well this game does so many things purposely to screw you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where you have you're slowly collecting party members like any like final fantasy game or jrpg <laughs> <laughs> see what i did there yeah it's pretty quality um <laughs> But you can only have four people on your team, mm-hmm. but one of them is always your main character. You can't transfer that character out. Right. So you have to rotate three characters in because when characters are not active, they don't get experience points. Sure. So you have to level up either different teams of three or somehow cycle people in and, and get XP but there's bosses along the way that are like seriously level gated. So like you have just no shot unless certain party members are at a specific level and leveling takes a while. Mm -hmm. And I played that game for close to 60 hours and was nowhere near completing it. I'm just like, I'm done. Like, I don't care what the end game is. It's not worth it. I I mean, yeah, I, this is, this is a, a problem for, you know, gaming as a, you know, full-fledged adult. It's upsetting. Uh, <laughs> and I like, oh, yeah. there's things about God of War I really liked. Like yeah. there, I think if you strip away some of the extraneous Big stuff, lake. if you made the lake a little bit smaller, <laughs> like the story of Kratos and his son, and his son it get, goes through this phase where he's, behavioral problems to say the least and there's some different Mm -hmm. reveals but by the time i got to the end it was very anticlimactic like even the (laughs) boss person you have to fight really isn't that much of a boss some of the fight feels like a cutscene. it's like you're not really fighting it's i don't know it's very strange how it was designed and i think i think about just the behavioral principles that go into game design of what you're teaching the player to do, what you're rewarding and what you're kind of punishing in some ways. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I didn't feel rewarded from some of the decisions I made from playing God of war. Maybe that's just the way I played the game. Um, but it didn't seem like investing in unlocking these puzzles and opening all these crates really made that much of a difference. I'm sorry. I'm just looking at the reviews online right now. Please. This game is, it's just it's fairly like universally, you know, beloved. So Right. <laughs> Which and I thought the combat was really boring. That's why I was like comparing it to other games. And again, maybe there's something I didn't realize, like the JRPG thing. But <laughs> 
like I think there's ways you can string attacks together that are a little uh-huh. bit more fancy. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, if you pause, then you change stances, and then you can do other attacks. Like I never, it, it never seemed to work. You're just mashing buttons. It's really all you need to do to clear the stuff. <laughs> it's like light attack, light attack, hard attack, dodge, light attack, light attack, hard attack, dodge. Uh, There's not much more you needed to do except for some specific bosses. Yeah, I mean, I'm mostly laughing because, you know, this is a, th- a thing that I've been through already. So. Through what? L- hearing me complain about this? No, just, you know, really enjoying video games and then suddenly finding that both your time and patience for them has greatly whatever you know it's just not the same that it was when you were 13 or when you were 22 or whatever like you know there's you know different time needs that we have when we play a video game that isn't necessarily in line with what uh developers are making right now to justify the price of a you know 60 70 dollar game so yeah i think i mentioned this i don't know a year ago when i played it but those old adventure games for the computer, they remastered Full Throttle, that Lucasfilm yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got it on Steam. I think it was like five bucks or something. And I played it, and I think, like, completed it within six or seven hours. Yep. And I'm like, that was fabulous. That was awesome. <laughs> like, it scratched the yep. nostalgia itch. There was, uh-huh. like, fun jokes in there that I had forgotten about. And I played it and I finished it. I was like, okay, that's done. I didn't, and I, it's not like I needed to go back and unlock anything or I didn't miss anything. It was just a contained experience. And I feel like we should have more of that. So, Mike, we, we need to just everybody needs to come in close here, including, <laughs> including listeners that are, you know, of a similar age and place in life. And we just all need to just kind of hug it out here that. I, I don't know how to tell you this, but we're kind of casual gamers at this point. Oh, uh, no doubt. And, and, the, and that's the problem. It's like you're, you're, you're still playing games that are trying to scratch the itch of, you know, much more hardcore gamers. And what you really want is, you know, uh, more of a casual almost like arcade experience of and I don't even six mind to some, 10 hours of gameplay. I don't even mind some difficulty and like making me think and feeling like, okay, I'm mastering this. So I'm getting better at it and that's improving my chances. Um, yeah. I don't know. It didn't feel like there was that much of that here. It's more of, I need to do a bunch of things, collect some items, have these dwarfs improve my gear then I'm stronger and then I can beat more things. I'm sorry. Just dwarfs improve my gear. Seriously. You, you run into these magical dwarfs. No, I know. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of dark souls light. Well, and the, one of the more emotionally effective things about the game was at some point, these two dwarf brothers are separated and they don't like each other. And they'll each kind of help you out with, with armor and weapons, which is another problem with the game is you unlock all these options <laughs> and you never have the materials you need to actually build them. <laughs> and like, I'm like scouring this <laughs> damn pond, rowing yeah. around, trying to collect things <laughs> and never got to a point like, cause they'll show you like, here's this legendary armor, or epic <laughs> armor or rare armor. And they're all grayed out because you don't have the resources you need. I'm like, this is awesome. Great. We have we have like three listeners at this point, but this is my favorite episode. <laughs> oh, so anyway, the brothers at one point near the end of the game reunite, which actually was I enjoyed that. It was like, OK, that, you know, it was emotionally mm-hmm. effective. And then they send you on this quest of like, oh, we need these items to build this like really important dwarven armor. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, I'll go do that. I'll go free a dragon. That sounds fun. I do that. I bring them back the three items, and then these new armor these new armor options are open, which are worse than the armor I have. That isn't even <laughs> that good. 
which again is just not a good way to treat a player. Like if you're, <laughs> if you're going to make someone go on a quest that takes <sighs> 45 minutes, like make it worthwhile. It's very mm-hmm. frustrating. So uh related <laughs> question. <laughs> no one's listening. No, but again, this is one of my favorite episodes. Uh, are you excited for the uh, Final Fantasy VII remake that's coming out in a, in a week or two? Maybe. I, I haven't thought that much about it. I haven't watched the videos. I didn't play the demo. I, I love those games growing up, but it sounds like I wouldn't love them now. Right. I mean, I remember... And, you know, 1998 being a little frustrated by the whole, you know, inventory system and Final Fantasy VII and feeling like I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing with exchanging out the different, whatever they call the gems that you put in your weapons and whatnot. Or elixirs. It's like, well, I I need to save these. So by the time the end of the game, you have 99 of them because you can't keep any (laughs) more. But Will and I played the demo together. And it was... You know, it's a fun dose of nostalgia because it's, on the one hand, exactly the same plot, but on the other, um, you know, completely updated graphically. And now it's it's a live combat system, very similar to the last, uh, I forget what Final Fantasy we're on for... 14x or whatever whatever (laughs) but anyway very real-time-ish combat uh you know sort of like they started with kingdom hearts um instead of the turn-based from the original final fantasy so uh you know i'm i'm on board with trying it i i think that it'll be the kind of thing that i play a little bit and will place a lot and finishes but you know i'm excited to go back there yeah I just want a new SSX game. I don't know why they can't make one of those. <laughs> yeah. Just let me master that and unlock costumes for a few months. Like I'd be down with that. Maybe occasionally jump online and race people and get owned, but Mhm. Uh you know, bringing it back to uh, you know, <clears throat> radio free coronavirus, I think one thing that's uh happening for me right now is that, you know, I, I used to be part of a, a gaming community that formed around oh, basically right. yeah. that formed around Halo two coming out and just wanting to play with other adults instead of, you know, thirteen year olds screaming, you know the most racial epithets and heinous stuff you could think of. Yeah. 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 Um and you know since then because we've gotten older and, you know, there's not sort of one game to unify everyone like Halo 2 was. Like, Well, there's Fortnite for a while. Yeah, but Fortnite was kind of, you know, it was a, it was a young man's game. <laughs> we are not young men. <laughs> no. So, you know, I don't, I don't feel like the people that I used to game with really got that into Fortnite. Um, but anyway we're all suddenly finding ourselves sitting here with a lot of extra time on our hands. And there's been a little bit of rumbling of like, should we get the band back together? So to speak. So I'm curious to see if that happens around whatever will has been bringing his Xbox to uh, my house when I have them. And he has the uh, halo collection for that. So I've been playing dabbling a little bit in halo, which has been fun. Nice. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see if, if we start to, uh, game together as a group again because that would be a little bit of fun nostalgia that you know hasn't happened and I mean Will was a baby when I was hardcore into Halo I was sometimes playing with these guys online and Will would be sitting in his uh, sort of like his car seat thing and I'd be rocking him with my foot as he, while you're headshotting as people he's, while, while I'm 360 no scoping people uh, so yeah uh, it could be another one of the side benefits of this is that some some old old gaming friends might reunite yeah well i'll add to our ruining childhoods moment there with um hugo came downstairs the one day and i was playing god of war and fighting these wolver things so they're like these big kind of werewolf looking things and you're ripping their arms off of things well yeah so he 
came down. I don't think I told this already. Um, and he's like, what are you doing? And at the moment he walks in and the graphics are, are very good. Like there's a close up version of this wolf with bloody fangs and fingernails just destroying me. <laughs> and I'm fighting <laughs> back with an ax and he's like, what's going on? I was like, Oh, like the, he's like, why are the wolf's nails red? I'm like, Oh, <laughs> That's my blood. No, so I said, well, the, the wolf's nails were painted. Um, just he's in costume right now. And I just like hit pause and distracted. <laughs> Got him thinking about something else. But he's like, can we play the wolf game? I'm like, no, we, we can't play the wolf game. <laughs> the wolf game is for when you're older. Uh -huh. So he'll bring it up from time to time. He's like, when can we play the wolf game? It's like, you can play the rowing game. <laughs> just... <laughs> You just row around and pick up items that you'll never need. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good time. So anyway, I guess I think I'm hard to please right now. Video games, which is weird. I thought. Yeah, it, it usually... sounds like you're in a in a difficult place where you kind of your 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 heart is sort of in one place and the rest of you is in an, in in another. Yeah, maybe it's depression. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> on that note. Uh, but this is cool. This is uh, another episode in the books. So, and a thirtieth episode, which is a bit of a big number. Oh, was this the three zero? For me, yeah. So, yeah, it's exciting. Right. I think uh, next time, potentially even this week, given the uh, schedule for both of us, and <laughs> potentially tomorrow, we we may have a guest. So, yep. We're, we're trying to work that in the mix. Uh, less complaining from me. This is very much me, a uh, grumpy old man yelling at clouds episode. I, I used a lot of restraint not to okay boomer you at any point. I'm not a boomer. I know you're not. But it's still fun to say. Yeah. Um, so you're, you mentioned uh, you're going to post that pretty playlist. Where can people yeah. find that? Uh, so, uh, at Geekzinga on Twitter, and I'll try to get that up there as soon as we're done here so that, uh, it's there before you post this. And, uh, if, if you want to tell me why I'm wrong about God of War, or if maybe you think I'm right, <laughs> can, big lake, uh, lake of the nine thousand rowing strokes. Um, you can find me at the id DM and, uh, we hope to be back soon. Tomorrow or <laughs> the next day. <laughs> All right. Good night, sir. Good night.